0: from the centre, the more interesting and unusual it is. The idea is to take yourself away from those middle-of-the-donut answers and get to the edge of the donut. Outside the donut, you're getting a little bit extreme. There's reasons not to do that, like, for example, politeness and courtesy. And the way you get to the edge of that donut is to, first of all, be specific. Use numbers to measure things, not words like, well, it's a significant opportunity. And the second thing is, use real life. Describe to people what things are like, what they would see in front of them. The difference things mm-hmm. will make to the way they live or they work. The middle of the donut is a very safe zone. Sure. That's not really where we should be.
1: Now, also of note is a subchapter, How HR Ruined Your Life, where you'd throw a little mud on some current HR favorite terms, such as passionate, onboarding, and role player. Yes. Yeah.
0: What annoys me about them is we've come to this formalism about the sort of language that we use when we are talking about our jobs, which have been renamed roles. Right. A lot of us have roles. We're acting rather than doing. So we've created this language, I think, almost to entertain ourselves. It sometimes makes our jobs seem rather better than they are, and I suppose we like to do that sometimes when work is boring. Right. Do you have any examples? Passion, mm-hmm. what I call passion on demand, is something that has always irritated me. Someone who's the boss of his company mm-hmm. said to me, why does everyone, when they come in for interviews with me now, claim that they're always passionate about the job? He says, I run the company and I'm not passionate about it. I'm very interested, I'm very motivated, mm-hmm. I'm not passionate about it. I'm passionate about my wife and my kids and my hobbies. I looked up what people claim to be passionate about. People claim to be passionate about anything, and what that does is just devalues passion. Mm-hmm. It becomes a meaningless word. HR is based on competition. We're competing for jobs. We're competing for attention. Sometimes that competition gets into the language, and the language loses its meaning. The problem is HR is about people, their feelings, and their needs. And for that, using language responsibly is very, very important.
1: Okay, now there's another issue, and that's PowerPoint. Can you talk a little bit about that? The problem
0: with PowerPoint is it manages to capture all the small problems about how we communicate at work and amplify them. It puts them up on a big screen in front of us. For example, very often people are giving the presentation. It's not their presentation. Hmm. They're popping up the things on the screen, and those words that are on the screen, they're not there for the audience anymore. They're there for the person who's presenting. For the cues, oh, this is what I have to talk about now. We've lost the ability to tell a story.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: We love to talk about solutions. But the reason we talk about solutions is we've not described the problem. So we talk about something as being, I don't know, a logistics solution. Well, we're not saying exactly what the problem is. Mm-hmm. There's this fundamental lack of understanding going on. You can come out of something like that, and you can think, I've spent 45 minutes listening to this guy, but if he didn't exist... I don't know why we'd need to invent him. (laughs) So the structure of PowerPoint has rather taken over from the process of communicating, which is a shame. It could be great. It's just not turned out that way.
1: There are other people who have very strong feelings about it, most notably information designer and specialist Edward Tufte. He goes so far as to almost indict PowerPoint for the death of the Challenger astronauts because they had all the data to indicate that it was a bad idea to launch on a cold day. It was just that they were spread out over three different slides.
0: This is serious business. Work is what we do all day. It's how we live our lives. And if we're not doing it optimally because of things that can easily be cured, and if it becomes dangerous because of that, it's literally a waste of our lives. I spoke to a Swiss guy recently who's launched the anti-PowerPoint party. (laughs) And because of Swiss electoral law, as long as he gets a certain number of people signed up to support him, he can then stand in elections. So it could be possible that we have our first anti-PowerPoint members of parliament. I'd hesitate to say there's a movement forming behind this, but it's just a shame to me that we've all become very passive about so many of these things about our communication at work. Everybody comes out and says, oh, look, some more PowerPoint. What are we going to do about that? Well, we go straight back to the office and we produce our own 50 slide decks and we give it back to people. That seems to be a negative spiral to me.
1: Tim, do you have any thoughts on social media tools such as Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn? Mm, Now,
0: this is not all good. There was a time in the past when communication was only done by a few people at work, and now we're all communicating.